Hi, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for this week's story. We hadn't planned to bring another story, but I made a mistake and said we would be back April 19th, and we've had a lot of new listeners. So we decided to go ahead and record a new story. This week's story, Penelope Calls Nora a Name, is about what happens when we allow jealousy and anger to corrode our insides. In this story, as we always do, there's a line from a hymn or a hymn title. If you recognize it, email your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. And if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. The name of last week's hymn was Hallelujah, What a Savior, which is one of my favorites. It was from the story The Peters Family Celebrates Easter, but we didn't have a winner. Now, let's settle in and listen to Penelope Calls Nora a Name. Every year, Evergreen Elementary, the school which Pearson and Penelope Peters attended, hosted a science fair in the springtime. The entire student body participated, and it was a big event in the community. The children would present their science experiments that they had conducted over several weeks, and there would be lots of prizes for different award categories. The students who won top prizes might even qualify for the county science fair. This year, though, the science fair would be run differently. Instead of individual science experiments in the younger grades, the students would be assigned to teams and would work on the experiments together. A group leader would assign a portion of the experiment to each member of the team, and every day, Mrs. Swanson, Penelope's science teacher, would allow for 30 minutes of class time to work on the project. Most of the supplies would be provided, and what couldn't be finished in the classroom was to be completed at home. It was up to Mrs. Swanson to choose the team members, but before she announced the teams, she warned the class sternly not to express any anger or disappointment about the team to which they had been assigned. She didn't say anything about the selection process, but made it clear in no uncertain terms that she didn't want to hear any kind of rude talk about team members. I don't want to hear anyone complain about their team. Think how it might make you feel if you thought that your team members really didn't want you on the team. You might get hurt feelings. So I want to stress that I will not tolerate any kind of bad attitudes or unkindness. There was silence in the classroom as Mrs. Swanson read off the names of each of the team and directed each team to a table. When Penelope heard her name, she walked to the table where Mrs. Swanson pointed her and soon learned what classmates composed her team. Penelope was on a team which included her best friend Emily, a new friend Nora, who had moved into her neighborhood months before, and two classmates, Ryan and Teddy. Of all the boys in the class, Penelope knew Ryan to be one of the kinder ones. She didn't know Teddy very well, but she was happy with her team. The team got to work right away. Mrs. Swanson had instructed them to choose a team leader and to decide on an experiment. Nora took over immediately. Okay, everyone, we need to name a leader, so let's vote on who's going to be in charge. Hey, that's a good idea, Penelope replied. Remember, Mrs. Swanson said that the person who's in charge has to make sure that everyone is working hard and everyone is doing their part to complete the project together. Also, the team leader has to make sure the project gets turned in on time and they'll have to be the one who explains the project to the science fair judges. So maybe we should discuss if there is someone who doesn't want to be a team leader. Ryan wasted no time before he spoke up. Well, I, I, I really don't want to be a team leader because I, I just, I don't want to talk in front of the judges. Me neither, replied Emily and Teddy almost simultaneously. Well, that leaves you or me. 
Nora remarked as she stared at Penelope. The others could hear the excitement rising in Nora's voice. Well, I don't mind being in charge of those things, Penelope said softly. I don't mind either, Nora replied somewhat sharply. And I think we should definitely decide right now. How about we vote? Does everyone agree on that? Nora was beginning to sound somewhat overbearing, and Penelope was growing slightly agitated with her. She didn't love the idea of taking a vote for the leadership position. She felt uncomfortable at the thought of no one voting for her, but she also felt equally uncomfortable at the thought of no one voting for Nora. She glanced over at Emily, Ryan, and Teddy, but they were all silent and didn't seem to quite know what to do. After pondering it briefly, Penelope came up with a proposal. How about, instead of voting, because I think that might not go very well, we just decide on who the team leader will be, and one of us can be the second in command. Uh, I, I, I don't know, Nora's voice trailed off, but it was readily apparent that she thought her way was the best way. Penelope knew that Nora wanted to be the team leader, but Penelope, too, wanted to be the leader. Was there anything wrong with wanting to be a team leader? She was pretty sure it wasn't wrong to want to be the leader of the team. But she also knew the verse in the Bible that said to think of others more highly than you do yourself. But did that mean she had to give up her hope of being the team leader? She wanted to be humble, but she really wanted to be the team leader too. What should she do? Because she didn't have a clear answer very quickly. She knew it was just better to give up on it. Nora, you can be the team leader, Penelope said haltingly. She quietly hoped that Nora would decide against wanting the position and allow Penelope to be the team leader. But Penelope didn't get the response from Nora that she was hoping. Instead, Nora was effusive in her acceptance of the job. Great, Nora responded exuberantly. Penelope felt the tiniest twinge of disappointment, and she had a hard time focusing on the next topic, which was to figure out what the experiment was to be. Okay, Nora said. Let's all figure out what we're going to do for our science experiment, Nora continued, hardly pausing to breathe. Inside, Penelope was fighting feelings of annoyance with her friend. Ryan was the first to speak. How about we do an experiment with bread? In the pantry or on the counter? My mom keeps saying that we need to keep the bread in the fridge instead of in the pantry, but my dad says he doesn't want it in the fridge because it gets hard. My mom says hard bread is better than moldy bread, so maybe an experiment would settle that. And we've got plenty of bread, so we could try it with our bread. Hmm, not bad, Ryan. Thanks, Nora said authoritatively. Any others? Well, how about we do something with plants, Penelope proposed. We could observe how they grow while in a room with music compared to a room with silence, compared to a room with lots of noise. Nora seemed rather dismissive of Penelope's idea. Thank you, Penelope, Nora answered. But anyone else have any better ideas? Penelope was a little bit hurt that her idea wasn't considered more, but she tried to put it out of her mind as Teddy spoke next. I've got a great idea. Let's see if dogs like cheddar cheese better than American cheese. As Teddy spoke, his voice grew louder, and before too long, most of the other teams had stopped to listen. So like my dog Trey, he eats everything in sight. I'm serious. We call him Trey the Trash Compactor. He loves food, but it's super gross when he eats cheese because he gets really gassy. P.U. My mom always tells us to keep our cheese from Trey, but Trey seems to like cheese the best. Mom says we should start calling him Cheese Trey. 
the entire class erupted in laughter. (laughs) And Mrs. Swanson had to let the students know to tone it down and get busy. After everyone had quieted down, Nora thanked Teddy for his idea and asked if anyone else on the team had anything to contribute. I don't have any new thoughts, but I sure did like listening to everyone's ideas, Emily said sweetly. I like them too. But how about my idea, Nora asked. We buy five plants, and we'll each take one home. I'll feed mine filtered water. Penelope, you feed yours lemon-lime soda. Teddy, you'll feed yours nothing. Ryan, you feed yours unfiltered water. And Emily, you feed yours some ice. We can put all of our plants in the sun on the porch, or wherever it can get all the sunlight and then nighttime shade. Every other day, we'll feed it like a half a cup of the liquid, and we can see whose plant grows the most in three weeks. What do you think, everyone? Well, everyone thought it was a great suggestion, of course. Except, that is, for Penelope. She felt Nora had sort of stolen her idea about the plants and music, and Penelope was having a more and more difficult time of honoring Nora in her heart. But there was no arguing. Nora had spoken. After Mrs. Swanson had approved of the idea, the children decided which plants to use. Nora, as the team leader, was in charge of picking out the plants and bringing them to school the following day to distribute them to her teammates. As promised, Nora brought five lavender plants to school the next day. Penelope had to give Nora credit, albeit grudgingly, for making a fine choice of the bright purple plants, which were delightfully aromatic. Penelope's heart had begun to soften toward Nora, and she knew that she needed to overlook all that had happened the day before. It certainly wasn't easy for Penelope to put all that behind her, and she had to fight against herself from replaying the scene in her head on a constant loop. But for as long as Penelope could remember, Mama Peters had instructed her and her brother Pearson that whenever they had thoughts that didn't please the Lord, like mean thoughts about Nora, to replace those thoughts with thoughts about Jesus and to deliberately think kind thoughts about the person instead of mean thoughts. She still wanted to be the team leader, and Nora was bossy for sure. But each time she would think, Nora is so bossy, she would change it to, But Jesus, you're the one who really is in charge. Help me to obey you and to love Nora. Thank you that she's really good at being in charge too. And for the most part, it was working Her heart attitude toward Nora was becoming more tender. And when she had thoughts like, I wish I were in charge, she would change it to, Thank you, Lord, that I'm not in charge, because your plan is best for me. Help me to see that. As time went on, she could see all the hard work that Nora had to put into the project as the leader. Nora was working on writing out the presentation, which was supposed to be at least one page, but she kept messing it up and having to rewrite it. And she had to keep track of the plants to check how they were faring. So she made it a point to stop at each team member's house every day after school to chart the progress of each plant. Penelope's plant, which she had dubbed Soda, was growing nicely, and Penelope was quite pleased with its progress. Each day she checked the plant to measure any new growth and to make sure it was staying healthy. It was almost time for the science fair, so Nora stopped by Penelope's house one last time before all five plants would be submitted to the science fair judges. Hi, Pen. How's it going with soda? Oh, hi, Nora. I think it's going really well. I added some pictures to the chart. See right here? I drew a lavender plant and a bottle of soda, so you would know that this chart is mine. It took me so long to do it last night. 
but I'm happy with how it turned out. I used my brand new set of colored pencils to add some color. Nora looked thoughtful. Yeah, that does look pretty good. But you know what? I might not end up using your chart after all. I might just combine everyone's chart into one big chart. Penelope was disappointed and looked crestfallen. But perhaps it would be better to say that she was more angry than disappointed. This was the third time that Nora had changed one of her ideas. Last week, when Penelope had suggested that each of the students might take a picture on a weekly basis to show the plant's growth, Nora had made an offhand comment that the idea was silly because pictures aren't that helpful in seeing gradual changes. And then, the week before that, Penelope had expressed that maybe everyone take a picture of themselves next to the plant to add a human element to the test. But Nora had said that it wasn't sciencey enough, and the experiments were not all about them anyway. But this time, this time, Penelope had had enough. Nora was going too far. Penelope had worked too hard to put up with this stuff from Nora. And the rendering of her plant and the soda pop on the chart? Well, it was really good artwork. Nora was just being bossy. Nora, I don't think you're being very fair. Look, I've worked really hard on these drawings, and you just want to be in charge of everything all the time, Penelope blurted out angrily. That's not true. Sorry, your artwork just isn't what I was going for. It's not that good, Penelope. I want it to look professional, Nora snapped back. I'm sick of this, Nora. I can't wait until the science fair is over. Our team should have researched and experimented with how to make a monster. Because you have turned into a monster over the last couple of weeks. Just take a look in the mirror! By now, Penelope was yelling. Oh, wow. Before the last word had even left her mouth, she felt sick about what she had said. She instantly regretted lashing out at Nora and knew that it was only because her feelings were hurt about her drawings. She knew her words were cutting and hurtful. But how in the world would she get out of this mess? She knew she had done wrong but didn't know how to fix it. Nora looked stunned and stared at Penelope, her eyes glistening with tears. I can't wait till it's over either! Only Nora didn't run off, as Penelope might have expected. Instead, she stood there, staring at Penelope. One of Nora's tears spilled out over onto her cheek, and soon her face was soaked with tears. Oh, Nora, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called you a monster. Penelope said remorsefully. You're not a monster. You're doing your best to make this project work, and you've been doing a really good job. Through tears, and with a quavering lip, Nora spoke up. It's okay, Penelope. Actually, I can see how I, how what I said was totally wrong. I said your artwork wasn't very good, but you, you want to know the actual truth? I, I think you're right. I have been a monster. I want to be in charge, and I've been trying to be in charge of all the parts of it, and I've even acted jealous. I didn't want to give you the credit for any kind of... I didn't want to give you credit for coming up with great ideas. I wanted everyone to think I had great ideas, and I'm sorry. You're actually a really good artist. Nora had begun to cry so hard that she couldn't say anything more. Thanks for saying that, Nora. And Nora, you're a good friend, and I don't want this to come between us. Penelope's tears had started to flow, too. I think, I think I was a little bit jealous that you got to be the leader, but you've done a really good job. Except that, Nora, sometimes you are bossy pants. I know, Pen. My mom warned me about that. I, I know I can be so bossy, 
Would you do me a favor, though? And when I'm bossy, would you just remind me not to be? And I don't want to be jealous, either. Sure, Nora. I, I can tell you. But I need to watch my own attitude in my heart. I'll try to be more kind and more gentle. But I want to tell you something as your friend. No one can change their own heart, Nora. Only Jesus can. If you repent of your sins and believe in Christ, you will begin to change by God's power. Even though you might not know it by the way I act today, Jesus is changing me all the time. I need his help, though, to change. I'm only changing because of Jesus. But, Penn, it's so hard. I don't want to be unkind or jealous or bossy, but I just can't seem to help it. Maybe... Maybe I do need Jesus, just like you said. You do, Nora. Everyone does. There's a verse I learned in the Bible when I was in kindergarten from Ephesians 4.32. It says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ has forgiven you. But I didn't do that today. I let my temper get away from me, and I lost my cool. I acted jealous, and I need to confess my sins to the Lord. Mama Peters always tells us that Jesus is the only one who can change us from the inside out. I didn't know what to do after I was so nasty and called you a monster. But I think I know what Daddy or Mama Peters would do right now. They would say, Nellie, let's stop and pray. So, Nora, do you think we should stop and pray together? Since Nora was still teary, she could only nod. But she closed her eyes as Penelope began to pray. Penelope prayed that she and Nora would be kind to one another, forgiving and tender-hearted. She prayed that God would draw Nora's heart to Jesus. And right before saying amen, she prayed that if God willed, they would win a science fair award. When they finished praying, Penelope and Nora gave each other the biggest hug ever. Nora, would you like to come to church with us on Sunday? Penelope asked. I think I would. I'll ask my mom if that's okay, Nora answered happily. We sing a song at church that reminds me of all of this. Some of the words go, I'll strengthen you, help you, and cause you to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. That means that God is the one who gives us the strength and helps us because he is the one with all the power. You can't change yourself, and I can't change myself, but God can change both of us. You can't do it without his help, because believe me, I've tried. I'm starting to understand that, Pin. Thanks for being such a good friend to me. Hi again. This is Grandmom's Corner. This story reminds us so much of how important it is to say the right words and to think before we speak. This week, my daughter Lydia, who is the youngest of our 10 children, has agreed to share about the time she got angry with her sister several years ago. If you've been listening for a while, you'll remember that Lydia shared about how God helped her break her habit of biting her nails. And then last week, I shared the happy news of how she and her husband had their first baby. Being the youngest of 10 had lots of advantages. Her siblings cared about her and they watched out for her, but they also wanted her to obey and do the right things. One of the issues that Lydia had while growing up was that she struggled to keep her room clean. Her bedroom was upstairs, and though we wanted her to clean her room, we weren't particularly vigilant about making sure she kept it clean. And we figured we wouldn't hound her about it as she got older, but we would periodically check in with her and ask her if it was clean. 
So this is the spot in the story where Lydia can fill in the details. Since we're all having to stay at home right now, Lydia and I aren't together. I'm at my house and she's at hers, but I have a mic up to the phone to record her words. So Lydia, take it away. Hey guys, so as my mom explained, um, I had a tendency to keep my room pretty messy. Uh, so I would keep clothes on the floor, I wouldn't make my bed, and my parents wanted me to keep it clean and I knew that, but I wasn't very disciplined about it. It was just easier to keep it messy and then clean it up quickly before they checked it. One particular day, when I think I was about 12 years old, uh, one of my sisters told me that I should clean my room. She was trying to help me because she knew that my parents wanted me to, so she was trying to help me obey, um, but also just be more disciplined and to not be lazy. And so I told her, yeah, I'll clean it. I will. I'll clean it tomorrow. Um, so I didn't clean it the next day, and she continued to tell me over a couple of days, like, hey, you need to clean it up. And I kept pushing it off and saying, I'll do it tonight or I'll do it tomorrow because I didn't want to do it just then. And then she finally said, like, you need to clean your room or I'm going to tell mom and dad. I didn't end up cleaning my room. And so what happened was she ended up telling my parents. As a consequence, my parents told me that I needed to clean it right then. And I didn't want to do that because I wanted to do other things. Um, but they told me I had to go upstairs and I couldn't come down until my room was clean and they would check it. I was so angry while cleaning my room. I was muttering to myself and saying things like, I can't believe she told mom and dad and I don't want to clean my room right now. This is ridiculous. And so my sister heard me and came in to check up on me and I said, why did you have to tell mom and dad? Why couldn't you mind your own business? And my sister is a really gentle and loving person, as was her boyfriend at the time, who's now her husband. Um, but I was so angry at my sister that I told her to get out of my room and that she needed to spend more time with her boyfriend. And I said a couple things about him that weren't very kind. And they were always kind with me and they invited me to chat with them. So, so they were never unkind, um, but I was really angry and so I didn't care at the moment about that. So I didn't apologize or anything like that, but then um, that night, her, my sister's boyfriend, who's now my brother-in-law, came over, and he was really kind to me, as he always was, and he was like said hi, and he was talking to me about something, and then I think he invited me to go somewhere with them, and at that moment, I just felt so bad, like immediately, because I just realized how poorly I had spoken of him and how unkind I had been, and I began to cry because I was so embarrassed and ashamed of how... I, one, treated my sister, but also and talked about him behind his back. Um, so I apologized to my sister, apologized to my parents, and even my now brother-in-law. They were all gracious and forgave me, and I also prayed and repented to the Lord about it. And that's just a good reminder for me um, about how strong words are and how powerful they are. Um, so even as I think about it now, I'm reminded of James 3 in the Bible that talks a lot about our tongue and how it's so small. Bible says it can set a forest on fire. And so it's not talking about a real fire, but it's just talking about how destructive our tongue can be and how it can hurt feelings when it's unleashed and it can do just irreparable damage. So a fire, it can burn up an entire forest in a short amount of time. And so just like Penelope did when she was angry with Nora and called her a monster, our tongues can burn up relationships in even a short amount of time. But like Penelope, did in the story um, and like I did we can confess our sins and God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and God can extinguish that fire we started with our tongues and instead turn it into songs of praise to him and use it to build others up with 
encouraging words and solidify and make stronger our friendships. Well, thank you, Lydia. Thank you. I hope to see you soon. Hopefully you can meet your granddaughter. (laughs) I hope so. All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. This was another good reminder that once we say words, we can never get them back. So we need to handle our words with care. Also, when Lydia was speaking, it reminded me of the story, Pearson's Pigsty. If you've not yet heard that story, take the time to listen to it. We are continuing to pray for all of you as you listen to the stories that God will work in your heart and that he will heal our land and give wisdom to our elected officials and most of all, bring people to Jesus through this hard time. We hope to be here next week. Bye for now.